What an amazing time we have had together. It has been a great joy, and I hope that you have uh, not only enjoyed your time today, maybe you've gone home with some videos you can show at a rehearsal dinner in the future, and uh, you're welcome. So uh, we're glad to provide for you in that way. Uh, We're going to take a few minutes just to talk about following Jesus and walking with Christ through the twists and turns of life. So let me invite you, if you would, grab your copy of God's Word and you can turn with me to the book of Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, maybe you don't have one at home, you can grab one out of the pew rack in front of you. You can turn to page 1043, and then when this service is over, you can take that Bible home with you as a gift from us to you, and we are glad to provide that for you. So as we think about following Jesus, and really as we think about the twists and turns of life, and I mean, there are so many illustrations that are just everywhere in here. Uh, You think of rolling the dice, I mean, you think of spinning the spinner, I mean, you've got the twists and turns right there behind us. As we think of navigating life and doing all the things as as a parent, as a child, as a young person, as a single person, as a married person, and all the realities and all the ways in which we live our lives, we need to know the difference that Jesus makes. And this is one of those things where it's so helpful just walking calmly through God's Word together and seeing what it means to walk with Jesus through the twists and turns of life. So grab your copy of God's Word, turn with me again to the book of Colossians. We're going to read verses 9 through 14 of Colossians chapter 1. So open it up, read with me if you will. Colossians chapter 1 starting in verse 9 and this is what we read. It says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for allowing us to be here together today. And Father, we know that we have taken a twist and turn kind of walk to get here. Father, we know that each, in each one of our lives... We've seen this play out in a variety of different ways. Father, we know that some of us are right in the midst of a bend in the road right now, and we don't know what is around the corner. Father, in this moment now, direct all of our minds attention, direct all of our hearts affection to look to Jesus, to trust in Him, and to have hope and life and forgiveness. Father, help us together as we walk in Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we read this passage and you think of walking with Jesus through the twists and turns of life and you think of this as something that we are supposed to do, it's always helpful anytime we're anywhere in the Bible to think of, okay, there's a context to what's going on here because we just jumped right into the middle of what's being said in Colossians. It doesn't bother me if it doesn't bother you, right? We're right in the middle of of Colossians. So he says it here, he says, and so from the day we heard, and so he's acknowledging things that he's already said. From the day that we heard what? Well, he tells us, if you just back up, talking about faith in Jesus Christ, love that you have for the saints, the hope laid up in heaven, bearing fruit and increasing. And so as we think of Vacation Bible School and as we think of ministry as a church, as we think of what it means 
to care for one another in the church. What we want to see is people come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, but also to walk with Him through life. Because we know that life is full of all man. We think we've got it all figured out when we're about their age, right? We think we've got it all mapped out. This is exactly how it's going to go. This is how many kids I'm going to have. This is where I'm going to be in my career. This is what's going to happen. And then you make it about three steps into that and you realize, I was completely wrong. None of that was right. Everything is different. We don't walk in straight lines in life. It's all sorts of, as we might say it, twists and turns. But we need to know that Jesus works in the midst of that. The gospel is true. He's calling us to himself in the middle of all of what is going on. And so as we think of that and thinking of all that we have heard and all of what he's talking about in people coming to know Jesus and and people loving one another within the body of Christ and the hope that's laid up in heaven and wanting and longing for all of those things in each other's lives. He says, from the day we heard all of that, we've not ceased to pray for you. See, you may not believe in the power of prayer, but even when you hear somebody say to you, hey, I'm praying for you, you may may doubt its effectiveness, but you appreciate the sentiment. And in a lot of ways, what we pray for reflects what we think is important. That's why we pray for one another, right? That's why we lift up requests before the Lord. That's why we do all of these things. And look at what he's praying for. We have not ceased to pray for you. Praying for what? He says, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That walking with Jesus through the twists and turns of life, we're praying that your life, as he says it here, may be filled with the knowledge of his will. What's God's will for my life? And we can throw that out there, and maybe you've heard that before, and maybe when you even hear that phrase, you're like, I have no idea. Isn't it helpful that God's word is exceptionally specific though? Because you may not know all the details and all the bends in the road and all the curves on the path, but you can know specifically because God's word is specific in the sense of God's will in a broad sense. He's calling you to turn away from your sin and trust in Christ as Savior and Lord. We know that it is God's will for us to be sanctified, that we would grow ever increasingly in holiness, not only in our enjoyment of moral purity, but also our enjoyment of being set apart for His glory, that we are told to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you're being called into this wonderful reality of what God is doing in our lives and the knowledge of his will and how this shapes everything about how you navigate your own life. Because when you know that it's God working and shaping you for his glory in all the different circumstances, when you know it's God's will for your life to rejoice in all circumstances because as the children were singing just a moment ago and how sweet it was to hear him, hear them singing that even when they were sitting down, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid. We need to know that, don't we? That's not just a song for our children to have stuck in their heads. That's a song for all of us to know. And that we're being called to know that through faith in Jesus Christ and asking that we would grow in it and not simply that we would have that, but that we would be filled with it because we like things that are full, don't we? We like full gas tanks and full bellies. 
We like full cups and we like full pies. Some of us do. We like these things. We long for these things. This is what we're being invited into, the fullness of the knowledge of his will, and that this is poured out and even directed in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that it's sourced in God, that the reason we are convicted of our sin and we come to know Christ and we are led into this wonder is that God is at work in us, and it's spiritual wisdom. It's wisdom from his spirit that as his word is applied in our lives, and all the detailed specifics, because my life is not exactly like your life. And your life is not exactly like my life. But God's word is always true. And it always applies. And it always matters. And that we, as we walk down the twists and turns that are unique to your own life, that when you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and you have that hope laid up for you in heaven, you are walking in all spiritualism and, as he says it here, understanding. Where truth meets comprehension. Or as we like to say it, where it just clicks. Right? We have those moments and it just clicks in your own heart and in your own life that we are called to know Jesus, that we are saved by grace through faith. It's a free gift of God so that no one may boast. But we are also to know that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. We're not talking about one and done here. We're not talking about plugging in and enjoying Jesus for a moment or just for a, a, a little while, but no, a whole life transformed by Jesus and walking with Jesus no matter what may be laid out in front of you. That's the invitation. That's the call. That's the hope. That's the peace that we have in Christ. But he goes on, he continues to describe this in another way. He says in verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So not only are we to say that we are to walk, we are to walk filled, we're to walk worthy, we're to walk pleasing to him and walk fruitful as well. To walk in a manner worthy of him. Worthy of Jesus. That as our lives are shaped by him, saved by grace through faith, transformed by his grace, and then shaped to live in a way that's worthy of him. To enjoy the walk. Now some of y'all, maybe, maybe you like to go hiking. I know that's one of the things that our family likes to do, right? And hiking is fun. Hiking sometimes is hard. We've figured out the limit of our children, right? We've taken them almost to the brink and we've made it about two-thirds up a mountain and they're looking at us and being like, what are you doing to us? But we enjoy the time together, don't we? It may be tiresome at times. It may be hard. We might be carrying backpacks full of Gatorade halfway up there so that when, by the time we get to the top, we can at least have something to nourish us to get down. But we're together. And when we're together, we're enjoying one another. And in enjoying one another, we're growing together. And in thinking of walking in a manner worthy to the Lord, not only is he, does he save us, but we walk with him in a way that he shapes our lives, that we would walk in a way that we would be delighted for him to walk with us. And that our lives would display that kind of loyalty. Or as it's described here, fully pleasing to him. Now we need this gauge on the dashboard of our lives, don't we? Because we already have, we seem to have a whole bunch of other ones. Because for a lot of us, we're people pleasers. 
And for some of us, we're people pleasers because we just want to please people. For some of us, we, we're people pleasers because we want to please the people that we know are going to give us a problem later on so that if we please them, they'll just leave us alone. Some of us have a gauge where everything is simply about what can I get out of it? But see, the gauge that we need is what's pleasing to Christ. Walking in a way, manner that's worthy of Him will aim to be fully pleasing to Jesus. That changes everything, doesn't it? That changes the way we think about relationships in our own lives. Changes the way we think about what it means to be a parent. Changes the way you think about what it means to be a child. Changes the way we think about all the ways we, we function at work and career and all the ways we make decisions about even recreational activities, all the things that we're involved in. Jesus changes everything. And that when we're aiming to be fully pleasing to Him, walking in a manner that is worthy through all the twists and turns of life, what joy it is to know that He's with us and that He delights in the fellowship that we share together. And in so doing, look at what happens. Look at how it's described in the middle of verse 10. He says, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. It's not only walking worthy and walking pleasing to Him, but walking fruitful. We're saved by grace through faith. It's a free gift of God so that no one may boast. What's the next verse? For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that He has prepared beforehand that we should walk in. He didn't just save us to say, hey, you're in, see ya. He saved us to say, let's go. Let's walk. Look at what all, all the things that I have laid out in front of you. Look at all the ways in which He's going to bear fruit out in the life of the believer in a way that you never thought possible. He's going to take barren ground and turn it into a garden of His grace. Look at how good our Savior is to walk fruitful. And what kind of fruit would we expect? Well, the fruit of His Spirit. Life in us. What's the fruit of His Spirit? Well, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now, we could use a whole lot of all of those, couldn't we? And the reality is we can't just plop those things into our own lives. We need Christ to save us, to transform us, and to plow up the ground in our lives that we would then bear fruit and be fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Because you, the longer you walk with somebody, the more you know somebody. So it was interesting on VBS day one, right? Everybody's sort of dipping their toe in the water. You, you can tell when all the hand motions are going on and everybody's like, you know, doing this kind of thing and they're not so sure about it. But come about day two and a half, three, it's all in, right? Everybody knows everybody. All the quirks are figured out. We've, we've all sort of sorted out things and here we are and we're investing, we're enjoying our walk together and it's a lot of fun. And you can see the joy on the kids' faces even up here and they're moving around and they're laughing and they're having a big time. It's amazing to see that as you continue to walk with somebody and you spend time with somebody, you just grow in the knowledge of them. And it's not mere information transfer. It's relational knowledge, which is better, isn't it? 
We're not just talking about ticking off the list of facts that we know about God, but knowing Him in a relational way. Knowing God as Father, knowing Jesus Christ as Savior, knowing the Spirit that is at work within us. Because life is full of things that are exceptionally fun, but life is also full of things that are exceptionally hard. But when you're walking together in that, when you know you're not alone in it, when you know that He who spoke all things into existence is walking with you through all the twists and turns of life, you can take the next step even if you don't know what's around the corner. That's how good our God is. This is what he's calling us into, to walk with Jesus through the twists and turns of life. And that it's our prayer here that when VBS sets come down, and it's going to be fun taking this down, I have to say. I'm going to want to roll this thing right off the top. It's going to be fun climbing down all here and pulling all this paper off here. But when all this comes down, we want this to be more than just a theme that we had of twists and turns, more than some songs that maybe you get stuck in your head for a little while. We want you to know that in Jesus Christ, there's hope no matter what your life may be looking like right now. There's hope for you in Jesus. We want your children to know that. We want you to know that. We want all, everyone to know that. So that not only would we walk filled and walk worthy and walk pleasing and walk fruitful, we would walk strengthened. And to even say this, this, to say that we would walk strengthened is an admission of weakness, right? And believe it or not, we're all stubborn. And if you're arguing in your own mind about that, you're proving the point, aren't you? We all have this in us where we don't want to admit that we have a weakness, that we don't need help, that we don't need the help that Jesus provides. We'll say things like, oh, I'm fine, right? Everything may be falling apart in your life and somebody walks up to you and you're like, how you doing? You're like, I'm good. Everything's great, right? We put up the veneer. No worries is another one. But it's not true, is it? We need strength that we don't have, and that in admitting the weakness, we are opened up to the reality of what Jesus provides. We need his strength, his grace that is sufficient for his power is made perfect in our weakness. And so that in admitting our frailty, we get to enjoy his strength and enjoy his strength where he strengthens us, not according to our weakness. Did you see what it said? But it's according to his glorious might. That's bigger, isn't it? So it's not just sort of meeting the gap in our weakness, but it's far beyond what we could even ask for. That he who is our creator, who is always faithful to every one of his promises, is he who loves us, is he who's merciful, is he who is truth, and he is the one who meets our every need according to his glorious might. To what end? What, what, what kind of strength do we need? Well, the twists and turns of life means that we need more than just momentary strength. Because you might be big and bad right now, but there's coming a day where you won't be. I know you didn't want to hear that today, but it's true. You might, you know, be filling out your t-shirt and everything else. But there's coming a day where frailty hits. And you need to know that there's strength beyond you. And strength beyond what you can provide for yourself. 
strength that endures. Isn't that what he just said? For all endurance and patience with joy. The word that he uses there for endurance is a reminder that strength to endure difficult circumstances. There are many of you right here walking through difficult circumstances. Maybe you woke up this morning and you know you want it to be all right, but but the reality is you thought to yourself, I don't know how I'm going to make it through another day. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Maybe you didn't say that today. Maybe you said it yesterday. Maybe you said it three weeks ago. Maybe you're going to say it tomorrow. I don't know. But God does. We need the strength the enduring strength of the Spirit of God at work in our hearts, but not just endurance in the sense of our own circumstances, but also patience. And the word that he uses there is indicative of dealing with difficult people. Oh, I know, it's surprising, but difficult people do exist. And we need that sort of patience, don't we? But, and when we take these two words, endurance and patience, and we put them together, in a lot of ways, our mind immediately goes to thinking that, you know, you're just sort of walking around with your, your shoulders down, you're slumped over, and being like, how are you doing? Be like, they're testing my patience, right? You're like, oh, you've got that sort of groaning in your own mind. But the, what we're being called to is endurance and patience with what? With joy. Who could do that? Jesus Because for the joy that was set before him, he died on the cross for our sin. That's how amazing our Jesus is. That's the one whom we need to walk with. Where you need to come to the moment of salvation and the forgiveness of sins, but acknowledge the fact that in trusting in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you're committing to follow him all the days of your life and that we would walk filled and we would walk in a manner worthy of him and we would walk pleasing and walk fruitful and walk strengthened and walk thankful. Verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Walk thankful to the Father. Jesus said it multiple times. The only way in which we can even know God as Father is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Jesus said it in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when you have the Father, when you have God as your Father through faith in Jesus Christ, you can rest thankful. Thankful for what? Thankful that He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He qualifies us. Why would he do that? Because on our own, we're all unqualified. Or to say it another way, we're all disqualified. Because our own sin and the sinful realities of our own heart, and not only is it sort of born out in our actions and born out in our thoughts and born out in our mouths, we have a sin problem in our own hearts in the sense that it's deeper than we can deal with and we need Christ to deal with it for us. And so God in his grace calls us to turn away from our sin and to trust in Jesus. And that in so doing we're qualified in Christ and not just salvation but qualified for an inheritance of the saints in light. The saints are merely the holy ones. The saints are not the people who are, have it all put together and all figured out and everything else. Saints are the ones who are the humble and believing. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you are a saint according to the Bible. 
There's not special classes of people. There's humble in believing in Jesus Christ, basking in he who is the light of the world. And that he, Jesus Christ himself, God himself, is our inheritance. And we're enjoying the calm, restful walk with him, no matter what may be around the corner. But the fact is, for for all of us, it's very easy to get turned around in life. Because when life feels like a game board and you're sort of navigating around and you're, you're going three steps this way and then you have to back up and then you, you fall down the chute in the ladder, right? And you go screaming down the board and you're like, oh, here we go again, right? We've played the game, but we've also lived the life, haven't we? What are you supposed to do with that? Maybe you're looking at your, at your circumstances right now. Maybe you're looking at your own life and you're like, where do I even start? Where do I even begin? Walking with Jesus starts with his rescue and his redemption. Did you see what verse 13 said when we read it a moment ago? It says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That all deliveries have a from and a to, right? Had to go from somewhere and get to somewhere. That's true. All the stuff that you ordered for Amazon is sitting at your house right now, waiting for you to get home. That's true for all of it. And as we think of what Christ has done for us, we need to be delivered. We need his rescue. We need for him to come and get us from where we are. Because left to ourselves, we are in the domain of darkness. In the midst of unbelief, in the midst of unrepentance. That's the backstory of everybody in here. Nobody in here has a self-righteous finger to wag in anybody else's face. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need his redemption. We all need his rescue. We need him to do what he alone can. And when you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you can say, he delivered me from the domain of darkness. Where I was delighting in the darkness, as Jesus described in John chapter 3. I didn't want him to expose it because my deeds were evil. I didn't want to give it up. But then the light of the world invaded the darkness. He pierced it. And called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And when you know Jesus, when you walk with Jesus, when you trust Jesus, even when you know anything of him, of his comfort and his love and his mercy and his grace and the ways in which he he leads us and guides us and teaches us and corrects us and walks with us through all the details and all the difficulty and all the fun, when you know Jesus like that, you are so thankful that he called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. It is our desire and our prayer that everybody in here would know that no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, no matter where you're from or where you have been, Jesus rescues. God made us, but sin entered the world and all manner of brokenness came right along with it and darkness looms. But God sent his own son to rescue us. And that even the words that are used here is rescue not only in the sense of pulling us out of danger, but in pulling us out of danger, he's pulling us close to himself. Because he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. It's all grace. 
where we are invited to be his children and as children, his heirs and the assurance in him. And that when you know somebody that you have an inheritance laid out in front of you, you know that there's comfort in that, isn't there? You belong to him. He claims you. You're his by faith. He whose love endures forever. He whose mercies never come to an end. He whose grace is always sufficient. He whose patience and forbearance continues through all the ways in which we fall flat on our faces. The kingdom of his beloved son who's loved by the father but make sure he's loved by you. And where does this take us? Well, in the kingdom of his beloved son, in Jesus, in whom, verse 14, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we use all these words all the time, and the Bible uses all these words all the time. We're talking about redemption. And the whole notion of a complete release because a payment has been made. But even in acknowledging the fact that Jesus is our redeemer and that we have redemption in, in him is an acknowledgement that Jesus had to pay for something that we couldn't afford. We all know what it's like to not be able to afford something. Now some of y'all may be better off than others, and I'm sure you are. But there comes a point where you look and you're like, we just can't afford it. Maybe you were looking at a car and you were, you were thinking about it and the next thing you know, it's like, look, we just can't afford it. Looking at a house, maybe, hey, this would be great, but we just can't afford it. Maybe you have this conversation all the time as you're sitting around a dinner table or, or you're talking about birthdays, you're talking about Christmas and you're like, look, we just can't afford it. We don't have the means to take care of this. When we talk about our own salvation, we can't afford it. We don't have the means to pay for it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can't pay our way out of it. We can't earn our way out of it. We can't get enough stuff in order to buy our way out of it. And so we're stuck on our own and we need Jesus to redeem us. Because what we can't afford, he already did. That Jesus was sent, the eternal son, always been agent of all creation, took on flesh, lived in perfect righteousness, was tempted in every way as we are and yet was without sin. All the ways in which we struggle, all the ways in which we're tempted, he was tempted in every way as we are and yet was without sin. Perfect righteousness. What none of us have ever had and we could never earn because we've already admitted we've already failed. He had and has all of that. What did he do with it? Well, with that treasure of his righteousness, he went to the cross. And that for all who would repent and believe, he endured the punishment against our sin. All the ways in which we sinned against the Father. All the ways in which we said, I don't need you. All the ways in which we said, I'm going to see other things as more significant than you. All the ways in which we lied and lusted and cheated. All the ways in which we did all of those things. In Christ we have redemption. 
And so Jesus took the punishment against our sin and that by faith in him, not only do we have the forgiveness of sins, but he clothes us with his righteousness. He gives us his treasure when he took our sin upon himself. We could never afford it. And Jesus freely gives it. Before you even talk about taking the next step in the twists and turns of your own life, make sure that you've received the redemption that's found in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins. Because every single one of us could just pause for a second and look back on our life and just think back around the last corner and the last spin and there's plenty of sin in there. And God is too good to just simply let things slide and let people get away with it. But he's so good that out of the riches of his grace, he provided redemption as a free gift. But just like with anything else, a free gift has to be received. We could stand out front and everything else. We could stand all up here and we could say, I have a free gift for you. And unless you receive it for yourself, it's not going to matter anything to you. It's the same way with the offer of salvation in Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. But you've got to receive it for yourself. Before you take the next step, start with the rescue and redemption that's provided through Jesus Christ. We are all together navigating the twists and turns of life. Who's with you in the middle of all of that? And maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you even, you even were hearing the songs that were being sung. What am I supposed to do now? How am I supposed to, where do I start on this game board of life, you might say? Look to Jesus. Admit that you have sinned. Don't try to pass it off. It's not somebody else's fault. Admit your own sin. Own it. Say, I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and cry out for mercy. Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Receive the free forgiveness of salvation and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Believe that he died on the cross for your sin and rose from the dead. That Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, died your death and endured your hell so that you would be saved. And confess him for who he is. That Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Lord. Maybe you've brought in a ton of baggage with you here today and you say, I need somebody to deal with this. Maybe you came in here thinking, I got it all figured out and I can take care of myself and by the Spirit of God, He's convicted you and shown you you can't. Won't you receive the free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? The redemption of It's found in Christ so that whatever else your life may be full of, that with him you can live a life that is filled with the knowledge of his will, that is shaped in a way that is worthy of Jesus, that is fully pleasing to him, that is fruitful in every good work, that is strengthened with his power, and that is full of thankfulness to the God who saves and sustains. We're going to invite you to respond. 
If you just want to have a conversation, I, I'll be down here. I, I would love to have a conversation with you. If you want to wait until after all this is over, that's fine. We can wait until all this is over. Make sure whatever you do today, you walk away knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. And God, we pray that by your spirit at work through your word, Father, that you would bring conviction of sin. Father, that we would admit our own frailty and admit our own weakness, admit our own need for you. And Father, that you would stir our hearts to respond to Jesus today. Father, stir our lives that they may be filled with the knowledge of your your will, that they may be filled with your strength, that they may be filled and, and worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit. Father, stir that in all of us here today. But Father, may it all start with receiving your rescue and your redemption provided through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin and rose from the dead, that there may be forgiveness and everlasting life in his name. Stir in our hearts today. Call us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And may you be pleased as we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.